Hello, and welcome to How to Be a Better DM. This is your host, Tanner Wayland, and I'm here with Caden Otley. Say hi, How's Caden. How's it going? Hey, hey, hey. So you guys might remember Caden. He's been on the podcast here or there. He's kind of like the... Uh, he's, he's the power behind the throne, as I like to think of it. <laughs> yeah. You know, he, he makes our days bright and d- did I miss anything, Caden? Wow. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if I deserved that much, but I'll take it. Yeah. Well, we're, we're just happy to have you, Justin. He's, uh, we wanted to have Caden on with all three of us, but Justin actually had uh, a family event that he was traveling for. So, you know, it's just, it's just us two pals, us two buddies out in the, you know, lone dark of the world just right. just learn about how to be better dms um and first things first how's how's it going have you been nerding out about anything recently well i just went to a book signing with christopher paolini because he just oh, wow. released his um book murtog oh snap yeah yeah and so that was fun it was fun to meet him and um get back into the world of Allegasia. And yeah, I mean, I'm always nerding about something, whether it's, you know, running D&D campaigns or or reading books. So what about you? It's so funny you bring that up. I was listening to a podcast yesterday uh, from this podcast called uh, Wizard and the Bruiser. Um, And they were talking about Aragon and essentially Mm. the fandom and everything. Uh, In case any of you don't remember or or know uh christopher paolini paolini uh was the author of the aragon or inheritance like series of books and it was huge when i was young right like i i I ate those books up (laughs) um and aside from harry potter that was probably one of the book series that i was like waited waiting on bated breath for the next one to come out totally so yeah that's really cool that you got to got to do that you know i just uh yeah I love that. And I hear they're even trying to uh, make right what was done wrong in the past <laughs> by doing a TV show of the series. So oh, we'll see. we'll see if that happens. I know. I'm I'm a little bit worried about that one um, just because they just released the Percy Jackson. Uh, yeah. and, and I don't know, listeners, you might feel differently, but I, even though, um, is it Rick Rorden? Yeah, Rick Rorden. Yes. Um, even though he was pretty involved, I didn't feel like it was that true to the books and I was a little yeah. disappointed, but I know. And you see a lot of those, right. Where it's like, uh, you know, the wheel of time as as good of it as it is, is it was, you know, you got mixed reviews for the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, uh, I think that, uh, there's a few exceptions to it, but, uh, but for the most part, it's hard to stay true to the vision or at least capture that kind of music, uh, not music, magic of the, uh, of the books in TV. So keep our fingers crossed. And, uh, you know, speaking of dragons, why not talk about some dungeons too? Um, <laughs> <laughs> good segue. Yeah, that's what I try and do. Uh, so today we're going to talk about a topic that Caden actually kind of presented and i thought it was a great idea basically how do we reconcile the difference between experience and knowledge in D characters uh so when you when you pitched this idea caden what did you have in mind specifically sure so i saw a facebook post and it was a picture of a chair 
And the chair, I mean, it's two chairs, I guess, one on the left, one on the right. And the one on the left is, you know, an assembled, glued up, it's I, individual pieces of wood that they've glued into a stack, basically, to make this chair. <laughs> and it says knowledge above it. And then the one on the right has um, a picture of this same chair that has now been carved beautifully um, into, you know, some tree patterns and floral patterns. And it says experience over the top. And yeah, yeah, Yeah. and and it's a really cool image, by the way, viewers, because it's like you see the before and after, but it's like essentially it's the same stuff, like all the same woods there, but one's carved beautifully and the other one's very raw. And it's really cool. Yeah. And I thought it was, you know, an interesting thing in D&D. I'm starting, I started a new campaign with my family, actually. And you know, we've been going for maybe a couple of months now and they have level one characters and we've tried this before. We've tried doing a and d campaign. Um, and so they had some prior knowledge that they were bringing to the table um, themselves. And I had to explain to them, hey, even though you may know these things or you may want your character to know, know these things, I was like, they're level one characters. You know, they... Are this is their first time adventuring. <laughs> so they really don't have that experience that maybe your level three or level four characters had before. Yeah, exactly. Because like, it's interesting how every character starts out. Well, unless you're hopping halfway in and they're already a certain amount of leveled up. Most, most characters do start really low though. And at the same time, you're like, hey, this level one character it used to be the captain of a ship that sank, you know, and like, <laughs> and it's this kind of thing where you paint this like amazing backstory of, of essentially them being almost hero like, yeah, even before they're at their level one level, right? And, yep. and and so you kind of wonder, you're like, okay, uh, how do I like, how do I treat this person as someone who's really experienced, who has a lot of ability, and yet they've got like zero capabilities in terms of roles right um and in terms of like spells and everything else so i I think that's kind of fascinating because i've seen it i've seen it kind of pushed uh as a dm a couple times right like there's there's i've had a couple players who have played you know the classic like oh my my person is a thief with a lot of experience and certainly they're better than the other players in terms of stealth and everything like that Mm -hmm. but you can't necessarily expect, even if they try and be like, oh, I probably know everyone in town. It's like, well, you're also a level one player, like a character. <laughs> so maybe they don't know everyone in town. Maybe, you know, they were actually, maybe we need to tone down their uh, their backstory to be more realistic to a level one character, right? Sure. It's like, maybe they were a really good common street criminal, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so in your experience, like, how do you, how do you validate like the, the wonderful backstories that the players have written while also being like, Hey, act your level essentially. Sure. So I think in the past I will level up the, the DC. I kind of, you know, I'm like, okay. Like if we go back to the example of a thief and you know, they've definitely had some experience with petty theft and, you know, maybe 
they were exiled from somewhere because they got caught thieving. Yep. Um, and that's, you know, a main component of their backstory. It's like, okay, they were prominent enough and, and maybe, I don't know, for whatever reason they were let off or they escaped. Um, if they're coming into a new situation where they are like, Hey, I'm proficient in this, which they may actually be proficient in it. And they have, you know, a fairly good modifier. Then well, I'll just level up the DC to maybe something that would be more realistic. You know, if, if, 10 used to be easy, then, you know, you can boost it up to maybe a 15, make it just a little bit more unattainable for them. So that just in the case that they don't roll as well as they thought they were going to, you know, they, it, it still reflects their, their experience level. Yeah, exactly. I think that keeping, you know, some of those things in mind, especially in terms of early knowledge checks, uh, I think that that's, that's really important because like you were saying, if a character is like, oh my goodness, my guy's like the most religious priest you've ever seen, right? But mm-hmm. he's still level two. It's like, well, unless he's put a lot of levels into, you know, a lot of points into specifically, you know, his uh, religion role, then, then what can he do? You know, it, it's like maybe he gets a really good role, but also he shouldn't be able to find out that there's an evil God who's running all of these things just because he rolled a pretty good role at the start. Right. It's like, you got to keep the DC in mind and, and not just let, you know, not just let a player kind of just because they wrote a really good backstory, trample over all these uh, growth opportunities they have to have in the future. Uh, But it, it almost makes me wonder, and we'll get to this in a sec, but it almost makes me wonder how you can uh, how you can actually show that growth from knowledge to experience throughout the campaign. But like I said, yeah. before we get into that, let's talk about our sponsor for this episode, which is Magic Mind. Magic Mind, uh, we've been talking about it for a sec now, but we just can't get enough of them. Essentially, they're just they're energizing, healthy shots that really help you out in terms of, you know, it it helps you get the vitamins that you need. It helps you get, you know, the, the various different, it's got uh, nootropics in it. It's got, I mean, it's got everything. It's got mushrooms, it's got greens. And what I love about it is I've tried some of the energy drinks, you know, in the morning at, you know, at the office, they've got a whole fridge of them and, and it really just feels, leaves me feeling gross you know, it leaves me feeling uh, like I'm unhealthy. And, and I mean, I, frankly, I am because I'm just, you know, chugging that down <laughs> and hoping that the caffeine gets me through the day. But this, it's got it's got all kinds of natural ingredients and supplements that helps you feel more energized and more alert. And and here's the best part. It's a lot easier for, you know, for everyone here uh, that's listening to the podcast to access. Because if you have a Sprouts uh, farmer's market near you, They've actually started uh, like have stocking them in the stores themselves. But once you try that, you also get to get it online. If you, if you go to magicmind.com forward slash better DM and use our code better DM 20, you actually can get up to 50% off of your subscription, um, which is a great way to kind of get that incorporated into your daily routine. 
because for me, you know, some days I'm not feeling fully up to it, fully up to, you know, doing everything I need to. And, and it's just that extra help that it really does a lot for me. Um, can't recommend it enough, but let's get back to it. Uh, that question that I was kind of posing, which is like, okay, if we want to make sure that our early level players or characters uh, seem like they aren't super experienced, how do you show that progress from, you know, to a more experienced level as they level up? Oh, what do you think? Yeah. So I think that it's super important there to as the DM, make sure that you're not putting your characters in places where they, you know, may be forced into trying something that is way out of their league. You know, level one characters aren't going to be associating with, with gods or <laughs> trying to um, create or do the heist of the century, you know? Yes. Yeah. It's, and I think also on top of that, you need to spend time each time that they level up talking to each player and like within the circle being like, okay, you leveled up. What does that look like? Does that mean that like, what do you think has helped him level up? And, and also like sometimes a lot, I try personally to do a lot of levels up, uh, leveling up after they've overcome a big challenge, right? They beat a big Mm -hmm. mid boss or something. Right. And then they go back to their base, to their town, and kind of they're they're just chilling for a bit. That's a great time to be like, okay, you leveled up. Uh, what does that look like? And then have them, you know, maybe explain through a montage or something about mm-hmm. like, okay, my my uh, my wizard he goes to the library every day. This wizard and he's studying, and you just see a scene of of him surrounded by books that slowly grow and. And, you know, kind of show that like, hey, they're not just leveling up because they killed a certain amount of people because in the real world, that's not how it works, right? Mm -hmm. They level up because they got experience either along the journey beforehand or because, you know, they leveled up and there was some stuff in the background that maybe you weren't aware of. And it's really, I think it's a great storytelling moment when you can acknowledge that and let the players kind of share like, hey, this is how my level one wizard got to level two, level three, level four, you know, and it's mm-hmm. going to look a little bit different each time. Yeah. And maybe a little bit of a side note there is it, you know, it might be, or it is really important to talk to your players and find out what the goal of this character is that they're playing because, uh, yeah, because as they're going, you know, you want to make sure that you're continuing to put obstacles in their path that um, give them experience in the places they want to be experienced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. Because it's like if you if you ask them their goal, then it's like you're going to to find out a lot about you know what that kind of player in, in pictures their character doing to improve. Because I I heard this one live play where a player described it so beautifully of like of their fighter essentially just practicing, you know, and they explain like, oh, they like watching where they stepped and kind of going through like the footwork and like slowly shuffling back and forth, you know, Hmm. just practicing. And so when, when a character is described in that way and not just when they're like in the moment leveling up, 
then then it's no surprise that they're, that they're getting better, right? Yeah. Um, and like you were saying, if you present certain challenges that coincide with what the player pictures that character's growth arc will be, then it's like, oh my goodness, this uh, this warlock didn't just get better out of nowhere. They got better because, you know, maybe that pact that they made, yeah. like they've done some stuff there. There's been some uh, development uh, or because they've kind of given in to certain, you know, a certain part of their personality, whatever it is. If you pair that along the way, then, you know, then leveling up isn't as simple as like, oh, add, a, you know, add plus one to whatever the number was. It's like, yeah. no, it's like, hey, this was a natural progression because we've been showing their their buildup, essentially. Yeah, exactly. I like to look at it like as DMs, we are in charge of writing the story and mm-hmm. I, I guess writing kind of the the premise of the story, letting the story play out and then kind of editing it along the way. And, you know, we're, we're writing, we're writing this epic fantasy book. And so it really, it really is like, uh, really is like that. I love the little, the little moments can't be glanced over. They need to be there. Yeah. And, and I like what you've been sharing about like, Hey, uh, you know, what you, the types of challenges that you throw out the players can be these catalysts for explaining the growth. But I also think it's an equal, equally important part for you to, you know, when you're checking in with the characters and when you're also like when there's downtime uh, within an adventure, whether it's at a town or just at the fireplace, you know, after uh, when mm-hmm. they're going down for a long rest. Uh, I, I just kind of wonder, I'm like, what can we do there? to to really encourage you know the this showing of practice as a feature right uh, or like to get the players to reflect on the experiences the characters have gone through from a growth perspective does that make sense yeah i know i'm trying to think of how you could incentivize that like, like I think obviously there's a thing like inspiration, right? You can do mm-hmm. that for great options. I also think that that you could, you know, when you're checking in with with the characters as they sit around the the campfire, that you know, usually you ask like, "Hey, how are they doing? How'd they deal with you know this loss that happened, or you know, they almost died? How are they dealing with that?" Maybe you could get a bit more specific. And once you find out like, oh, how are they doing generally? Be like, okay, do they, you know, do they practice anything at night? Do they study anything? You know, kind of give players those prompts so that it kind of becomes Mm. part of their uh, nightly routine. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Part of their nightly routine and also part of how they think about their characters from the, in the terms of like, oh, how, how can they improve? Uh, and also even like with shopping, because a lot of times when you are in the downtime period, if they're in town, they're going to do shopping. And oftentimes it's for, you know, new armor, new, new anything. Right. Yeah. And, and that can be as simple as like, uh, you know, just like, okay, mark the gold off your sheet. You got what you wanted. Or you could be like, why are they looking for this? Oh, because the old armor they had like has punctures in it because they almost died. <laughs> and they want to get better, you know, just how you frame what they naturally want to do 
can help them also reframe it as growth. Totally. Yeah. And I guess you could also utilize NPCs in that way. You know, yes. you can have them kind of set the tone that you're looking for around the campfire. I'll definitely, I'll definitely do that because, you know, different players I've had in the past have a hard time, you know, getting vulnerable almost, yep. <laughs> you know, where having, having that downtime role play around the fire in real life, we'd be talking about our stories. We'd be talking about some hardships we've had, you know, but in, in D and D everyone wants to skip over that, but it's super, super important for the development um, and experience building. So, so having an NPC that can jump in there and start that conversation, you know, can sometimes warm them up to those things. Thanks again for listening to our show. If you like our content and would like to engage with more of it, head over to our Instagram account at how to be a better DM and give us a follow. Make sure to watch some of our Dungeon Master Rules videos while you're there to give yourself some more structure and procedure as a Dungeon Master. Also, don't forget to reach out with a DM and we can talk shop and I can get to know you a little bit better. Thanks again for listening. Uh, absolutely. And that kind of made me like think of an interesting thing too, which is that that even when they're going out and they're like shopping or or they're interacting with NPCs who can give them something, oh, like have the NPC act as if the character is kind of from a lowly place. Mm. If that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Like being like, okay, so you're at the armor and they see that you've got this really weak, you know, starter armor. Yeah. Level Um, one armor. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, you just have the most basic longbow or something Uh and, and having, you know, you come in, you know, feeling flush with cash and being like, Oh, I just finished this last uh, stretch of my adventure. A lot of times you could play that NPC, like being like, Oh, I wonder if I have that item you want. Or you could be like, Ooh, I don't know if you can handle this item. It's, <laughs> it's not for kids, you know? Sure. And you kind of like, you know, you're almost rizzing them a little bit, but not for the purpose of just being difficult, but for the purpose of being like, Hey, you are a beginner and this is you really trying to level up. And even, I think you could do that even with leveling up, right? If you're talking with your players between sessions and being like, okay, you just leveled up. What, what kind of direction are you thinking of taking your character? If they, let's say that they try to multi-class, that's a perfect, like, that's a perfect example of being like, okay, mm-hmm. they multi-classed. They can't do that out of nowhere. When you're talking in between, you know, sessions, be like, okay, when I come back, I want, you know, we're going to try and play out how that happened. Sure. You know? Yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, the idea of NPCs in the marketplace, treating the players as they are. I, for some reason, never really thought about that, but, um, I have had campaigns in the past where, you know, me as a player, suddenly it seems we've, you know, vanquished one foe and all of a sudden everybody knows our name no matter where we're going yep (laughs) and it gets to your head you know you start you start walking into places and you become that group that just thinks they can beat anybody and will will immediately you know shoot a lightning bolt the second somebody talks back to you so it, it could be good for overall story development just to be humbled a little bit yeah, exactly. And kind of, I mean, I think at the heart of this whole discussion, it's been like experience versus knowledge because 
it's, you know, it's all about scale. Uh, so Kirsty and I, we have a dog. He's like nine months old now, but okay. you know, for the past month, like half a year, we've been just trying to get this little kid, this little banjo over here, uh, to just, you know, learn things. And sometimes he does really well, like better than we expect other times. And, and we've like, we've talked with a dog trainer and they've really helped us out, but mm. they're like, Hey, make sure it's at their grade level. Right. Like, yeah. Cause like he's not in school obviously, but the idea is like, Hey, they, they have different levels that it should be expected that they can do certain things. And, sure. and with players, that's absolutely the case. When they're level one, they shouldn't be fighting the evil overlord. You know, they should be fighting bandits on the side of the road or even warthogs that they find in the forest. And yeah. also the type of knowledge, you know, that they're rolling for like skill checks and everything. They shouldn't be doing that, you know, for like ancient lore or anything. It should be kind of a little bit more basic. Um, and then you get a chance to kind of delve into that stuff as they level up. You know, just keep it in their grade level and then show how they kind of boost their grade level along the journey. And then everything will feel a lot more earned. Yeah. Keep some surprises and gifts for later so that the story is just as rewarding in three years as it was on the first month. Exactly. Right. And I, I know that, you know, I'll say this, like you were saying, players feel like, hey, we we solved this town's dilemma of the drinking water being poisoned by <laughs> like an ooze. Uh, we're kind of the big heroes around here. And it's like, well, maybe we need to reframe it and be like, yeah, you're you're one of multiple do-gooders that the town has maybe experienced and maybe a couple families are grateful for you, but yeah. you know, don't don't go walking into the store being like I demand your finest wine, you know, (laughs) in celebration or anything, right? Yep. Um, Well, Caden, any final thoughts on, you know, how DMs uh, can implement this or, you know, any thoughts on this topic in general? No, I thought you had a great summary, just barely. So I feel content. Perfect. And, And that's the goal. You know, DMs, it's to feel content with how we're running the game. And so we hope that this discussion has been helpful. Caden, thanks again for coming on. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me. Well, and for all the rest of you go out, uh, make sure to make that growth experience feel real, feel earned. And until next time, let's roll initiative.